the chatter from the jungle life drifted through their window. Oren and Arthur, Jan and Willem, Kester and even Sniz this time all woke up. Gosh, those parrots make a lot of noise in the morning, said Sniz. I'm surprised I didn't hear them yesterday. They were just as loud yesterday, said Oren. It's just you were really, really tired. Oh yeah, that's true, said Sniz. They went down and had their kinder porridge for breakfast. Oh, and how delicious it was. They were just smiling at each other across the table, so happy to be in each other's company. Despite their enjoyment, Oren and Arthur and Sniz knew that today they must continue their next quest. So, how do we know how to get to the right part of Moraland? asked Arthur. Well, the best place to go, said Kester, I reckon, is up there with the forest people. They live right on the edge of all that destruction. In fact, Moraland's getting bigger every day and their territory is getting smaller every day. They'll be able to tell you all you need to know. OK, um, but how do we get there then? asked Arthur. I know, said Jan. I, I could show them. All right then, said Kester. You show them the way up. I'll pack up the lunches and we'll meet out front in a short while. So that's what they did. Jan told them the way and he told them all about the forest people so that when they would meet them, they wouldn't be so surprised. So they're really so tiny that they could sit in your hand? Yes, said Jan. And they ride little dragons that are like got silver and gold spots on them? Yes. This is amazing. I can't wait to see them, said Sniz. Before long, they could hear the clatter of the dishes being done in the kitchen and they knew that Kester would be out there soon. So they all went out to the front. They had their bags ready and everything they needed to go. And out came Kester with their lunch. Right, you three, he said, looking at Oren, Arthur and Sniz. From the bottom of my boots, I can't thank you enough. Jan and Willem were so glad to not be saying goodbye yet and the five of them walked out of the gates and up through the woods. As they walked through the woods, they saw fascinating things. From parrots with golden beaks, to beavers with golden teeth, to beetles and bugs and singing spiders. And after a while, Jan looked around him and said, Aha, here we are. After looking around, the others felt that, that maybe Jan knew something they didn't. They looked around and it looked like any other patch in the forest. So where exactly is here? said Sniz, who was a bit confused. This is it, said Jan. We're in the forest people's village. Oh, said Sniz. Just looks like jungle. Take a closer look, said Jan. Have a good look around you. And as they looked around them, they began to see the little doors and the little windows in every little tree and stump. Oh my goodness, said Sniz. There's tiny little doors and tiny little windows. I just saw someone peeping out. That was all they saw for a little while. Because as soon as the little forest people spotted Sniz, they all ran and hid. Jan decided to knock on a door. Hello, he said. We've come from Kester. My dear friend Sniz here, who may have alarmed you, is very kind. We've come to try and help you find your green crystal. We found the red one, and we found the yellow one. Well, in hearing that, the little people popped their heads out of every little window all around. Little doors started to open a crack, and little faces started to peep around the side. Then one brave forest person jumped aboard its silver salamander and flew up into the air. It hovered in front of their faces. Hello, the person said. Is it true? Have you found the red and the yellow crystals? We have, said Jan. Do you remember me? Of course we do. We're so happy to see you, said the forest person. 
Well, my friends here, Oren and Arthur and Sniz, they've come to try and find your green crystal. They're going to dare to go into Moraland to see if they can get it, said Jan. That would be so helpful and so kind, said the little person aboard the little flying dragon. The Mora have taken a hundred more trees since we saw you last. Well, then it sounds like there's no time to lose, said Oren. How do we get in there? What do we need to know? Follow me, said the little person on the silver salamander. They said their quick goodbyes to Jan and Willem. Then they followed the forest person flying in and out of the trees. First, they smelt Moraland, the sooty, scorched, burning smell that weaved its way through the trees. And then they came to the edge and they looked out at the miles and miles of destruction that looked like it would never recover. They were quiet for a moment. The sight was too enormous. So how do we get in there? asked Oren. Well, getting in is the easy part. The thing that can be difficult is those factories, said the forest person. Can you see next to that big, big, big chimney over there? There is a big pile. That is what they call the gold dump. When they take all of the gold, they dump it all there. Their factory isn't that fast, so it takes a long time to process a lot of the things they gather. What we hope is that our crystal is still in the gold dump and has not been processed into gold blocks just yet. Maybe if you started there and looked through the gold dump, you might see the glowing green crystal. Well, let's go to it then, said Oren. And Oren and Arthur and Sneers left. Wait, said the little forest person just as they were walking away. Good luck. And remember, you can come to us if you need help at any point. Thank you, said Oren. Thank you, said Arthur. Yeah, thanks, said Sniz, who was feeling more uncertain now than he ever had. They passed the mora that was still working. They passed the big trucks rumbling back to the factory. They passed thousands and thousands of scorched tree stumps. The walk was long, and the walk was hard, and their feet slipped about in the loose burnt rubble. But then they arrived. They arrived and they looked up at the huge, towering factory in front of them. They could hear the clunking and whirring as the hungry factory chewed up all of that gold. OK, I think it's the east side we need to go to, said Oren. This way. They walked round the side of the factory and there in front of them they saw a huge rubbish dump full of gold. Piles and piles and piles, gleaming and glistening and twinkling. Every now and then, one of their big machines would come and bulldoze huge amounts to the side, while another machine would scoop it up and put it into a truck, which would then take it into the entrance of the factory. Again, no one batted an eyelid that they were there. No one noticed. They were all just driven by their greed. Right, said Oren. I don't even know where to begin, but we're going to have to start somewhere. Yeah, said Sniz. There's just so much of it. How are we going to find one little crystal in all of this? I don't know, said Oren. But we won't find anything if we don't try. And so they began looking, turning over mounds and mounds of gold. They each grabbed sticks so that they could poke at the ground and turn bits of gold over, because their backs began to hurt from all the bending over. Hours and hours and hours they did this. I feel like this is no use, said Arthur. We could do this for days and days and still have no luck. I know, said Oram, but what else are we to do? 
I'm not sure, said Arthur. It just feels like this gold is endless. Magpies were flying around the gold dump, picking off little bits of treasure they could find to bring back to their nest. And when darkness began to fall, a few little hungry-eyed dwarves also came and took little bagfuls and ran away, disappearing into the darkness. We're never going to find it, complained Sniz. There's just too much. It was like whole hills made of scraps of gold. The sight of it was so overwhelming, and just as they all sat down, given up, thinking they must find somewhere to sleep for the night, one of the huge diggers took a big scoop, and as it did, something green began to glow in the ground below. Look, said Oren, green, I can see glowing green. Come, it must be the crystal. Arthur and Sniz jumped to their feet and they followed him. They scrambled across the loose gold. They knew they didn't have to hide from the Mora. They just had to get there quickly before that digger took away the crystal. They ran to the edge of the hole. Oh, it's those machines again. They're so spooky, said Sniz. He stood at the edge and watched. Oren, without thinking, jumped into the hole. As he jumped in, the big digger scooped down and clawed at the gold beneath him. As the digger pulled up a big scoopful of gold, there, on top of the scoop, was Oren. But just, just out of reach from his fingers, was the green crystal. There was no question about it. It was the green crystal. And it was there, in the digger's scoop with him. Get out, said Arthur. But I'm so close, said Oren. Just then. The digger scooped its scoop and emptied both Oren, all of the gold and the crystal, into one of the trucks. I'm so close, said Oren. I I won't come down until I've got it. But then the truck's engine began to rumble and the truck began to move. Get down, said Arthur. The truck is going to the factory. You need to get down. As the truck drove, it bumped and jumped about. Oren was determined to get that crystal, but as the truck Bumped and jumped, it became too much, and Oren slid off the edge with some of the loose gold. No! No, I was so close, said Oren. We're going to have to find it a different way, said Arthur. Are you okay? Are you okay, my friend, he said to Oren. Yes, I'm okay. I'm just so frustrated, said Oren. It was so close, my fingers almost touched it. Look, said Arthur, it's not all bad. At least we know where it is now. We have to be quick, though, he reminded Oren. If we don't keep our eyes on it, it'll be gone. It'll be in the gold mix and we will never find it again. Oren pulled himself together and rose to his feet. You're right, my friend, he said. And Oren and Arthur and Sniz headed back to the factory.